0: up everything robin lanier gave the nhl what for in a five-six-seven tweet rant on twitter and now the league will do its best to sweep it under its ever-expanding rug in this jam-packed episode we'll cover lanier's lecture the complete canucks contracts the blues bubble boys and we'll give our sense of the central in our division preview it's a lot to cover so let's get started and let's go blues Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys, One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, October 7th, and we are coming to you from a dark and mysterious basement in Arnold, Missouri, where we have been invited by the bot that continually listens to our podcast on SoundCloud. I don't know where this is going, (laughs) folks, but it's probably not good. It is spooky season, uh, and this is the spookiest place we could be. Uh, I believe it to be a bot, but it does seem to have very human communication skills. So, Ian, I'm scared. How are you feeling?
1: I'm doing great. Arnold, Missouri, uh, number one place in Missouri to be. I'm sure someone listening is from there. I'm sure at least
0: two to three people are from there. Um, Or or we're completely wrong about the bot and it's like 4,000 people. Or or 4,000 people in
1: Arnold love this podcast. (laughs) They were waiting for the Arnold references. Um, I don't have them. Uh, Arnold Historical Society, five stars, five stars and seven reviews on Google. Oh. does it have, do they have any, anything about it? Uh, a man named Will said, Bernie started something great. Stop in and check out all the cool stuff. Ooh. And you know what? I agree with Will. Um, check out the Arnold Historical Society. I hope it only has stuff about Arnold.
0: Ian, did you know that in 2005, (laughs) Arnold became the first city in Missouri to install red light cameras? But then a 2009 lawsuit against the cameras was dismissed on procedural grounds. However, in 2013, the Missouri Court of Appeals Eastern District ruled the Arnold red light cameras ordinance to be unconstitutional. Way to go, Arnold. (laughs) Uh,
1: You know, I believe it. That sounds like something Arnold would do. Three
0: presidents have spoken at Fox High School in Arnold, Missouri, Well, one president and two presidents and a vice presidential candidate, those being Barack Obama, yeah, I would have thought I would have heard about that, Bill Clinton and Dan Quayle, so there you go, folks. They're the bellwether
1: area of St. Louis, you Mm -hmm. know? So we we go the way Arnold goes, except for when Arnold goes the way we don't like, and then we just say F it, and we leave Arnold
0: alone. Does Arnold... Uh... It also is, at least according to Wikipedia the home of women against registry a national organization dedicated to abolishing the public sex offender registry so oh no in Arnold. case in, in case you thought there wasn't someone that on was on the other side of every issue here we are <laughs> um you know folks this this basement it's got a microphone and it's got it's got a lot of things, so we're comfortable here. You keep, you can keep tabs on us throughout the month of October. Who knows where this ends up? But, um, ooh, 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 ooh. Oh wait, we're uh, ooing.
1: I don't know if it's actually in Arnold, according to what I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> so, JK. But if you go right across the Merrimack River to Oakville, mm-hmm. I believe. Not even close. No, I mean they're close uh why can't i find it there's a thai restaurant there that's really great it's like taste it's like taste of thai mm-hmm. or something like that look it up it's fantastic it's so close to arnold <laughs> arnold if you just like redraw arnold adjacent as everyone yeah. says
0: yeah 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 okay all right that was my pitch. fun time's over let's talk about robin lanier robin Liner lanier h- however you say it i'm gonna go with linner i feel like that's how the people say it yep. um Went on, what would we call it, a Twitter tro- tirade, perhaps, about uh, health protocols in the NHL, about a lot of things. Um, of course, the veteran goalie of uh, the Islanders, and now the Vegas Golden Knights, wasn't he somewhere in between? Oh, he had a Blackhawks. No, yeah. he started in Buffalo, but then he was weirdly on the Blackhawks for like half a season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't like that. I remember not, not liking that. <laughs> As I do with most people on the team, outspoken mental health advocate and the former Jennings Trophy winner tweeted a series of threads, starting with a series of tweets, starting with a tweet quoting Jack Eichel's uh, situation, talking about his article, talking about his doctor's opinion that disc replacement is better for him now and later. Robin Lanier tweeted, "Better to have pain for the rest of their lives. At least they will supply the pain meds. Same old shit." And then he tweeted, I'm 100% an NHL fan, love hockey, and want the NHL to be great. I'm not trying to destroy anything, but do what's right. It's time to walk away from the old ways and into the new. Things have to change. I talk a- way too much, and I still have 90% of a filter on. Don't make me take it away. He tweeted a picture of his ankle, which doesn't look like a normal ankle. And so- <laughs> Yeah, that, that picture is... Uh... They, they screwed my ankle big time, then surgery and then pills, no care, almost died. But eh, after forcing leg press after a few weeks, after bad high ankle sprain first game, that is foot after treatment. Later is my soul gone after a month after surgery. There's the word after a lot in this tweet. <laughs> uh, it's not all pretty. Is it common for workplaces to give out benzodia... <laughs> I, I thought Alexa was going to hear me. Uh, be- <laughs> Is it common for workplaces to give out benzodiazepines to employees when they travel in Ambien? Should that not be done by doctors or psychiatrists asking for a friend? And then the little eye emoji to prove that he's not asking for a friend because mm. that's, you know, a common thing. Uh, this doesn't happen in Vegas to be queer, but I know many other teams. I've also been in, uh, been in on teams that do doesn't happen in Vegas this is the one thing that doesn't happen in Vegas but Apparently. if it did happen in Vegas he would have made sure it didn't stay in Vegas mm-hmm. Philadelphia Flyers question mark dinosaur coach treating people robots not human fire these dinosaurs fire Vigno first story I got proof try to shake your way out of this one <laughs> and, sorry. They I'm ambi- sorry. and they say and they say ambient is sleeping pill it's funny that rehab told me that's why they don't have rim sleep. Eight years no rim sleep, great, but yeah, just sleeping tills. And finally, enough for today. For every day that goes by and this sheet keeps going, I'll be releasing a story and proof from myself, ex-players and current players, on what is going on. Truth Tweets starts tomorrow, unless things don't get fixed. Have fun, hashtag no filter, hashtag NHL, hashtag NHLPA, hashtag mental health, and a drug capsule emoji and a syringe emoji. He has not tweeted anything of of note since, right?
1: I think he's tweeted something that's basically been, I'm not accusing Vigneault of oh, yeah, right, giving right, right, out right. drugs or whatever. It's more just that I don't like the way he treats players <laughs> mm. or whatever, something like that. Um, was he ever, was Vigneault in Buffalo
0: when he was there? I don't know how.
1: I'm assuming he hears stuff via other players. I, I guess. don't think he was ever. Because he
0: wasn't on the flyers, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, first of all, read that thread for yourself if you want to make more sense of it, because it's not super readable. I was
1: like, as has been said, like, about a thousand times, it's very much a stream of consciousness. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but obviously a lot of accusations in there. Did you know that the Blues drafted Elaine Vigneault?
1: I didn't know he played for us, maybe for a couple
0: games, but... So. There you go. Um, any thought? What are your overall abiding thoughts on that?
1: Um, to kind of go off the first point, it is a stream of consciousness. Um, English is not his first language, but I've heard him speak, and it's not like he, it's not like he can't speak English or anything. Um, You're saying so, the man can't speak English. <laughs> so it is. It is a little hard to follow, and it is kind of it's hard to like figure out who he's accusing what of. But you can take some big things away from this, right? Like. Talking about benzos and sleeping pills and being prescribed them or not being prescribed them, just being given them by like um, coaching staff or whatever on different teams and not getting a prescription for them. Just talking about it generally how coaches are treating players. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, the Vigneault thing kind of sticks in the sense that on like 31 Thoughts, I think it was 31 Thoughts, mm-hmm. they've been talking about, or some podcast, how. The Flyers had, like, problems last year. And one of the big problems was, like, the coaching staff and how they treated the players. Like, the players, oh. like, had a big oh. stink about it. And, I mean, I hadn't heard that about Vigno <laughs> anywhere else. But it is more recent. So does mm-hmm. seem to kind of stick. But, yeah, this all stems from Leonard being a, a teammate of Jack Eichel's and seeing how Jack Eichel's being treated by the Sabres and how his, um, you know, his medical needs are being treated and everything with the surgery. So it sounds like that kind of set him off, and he kind of went obviously on a bit of a tirade. Despite the fact that it's hard to follow, um, I still think it's something, you know, worth paying attention to, and it sounds like the NHL PA or the NHL themselves reached out to talk to him and he had a conversation with them. but I hope this doesn't go away. Like, I mean, I hope it goes away in the sense that um, drug abuse within the NHL is lessened, but I don't hope the story goes away if it's still going on. And I don't know. I just, I think one thing I took away is I just didn't like people trying to discredit what Leonard was saying because they were like, this is kind of confusing. I get that people need to understand it better totally because you don't want to just have wild accusations, but I don't think you can just throw it under the bus and say, well, this guy's had mental health issues and substance abuse issues and sounds crazy here. So... You know what does he really know sort of thing It's like mm-hmm. i'm glad the nhl pa and nhl reached out to talk to him i just hope it's was to understand him and not to silence him because i think the fear right is that the nhl as they have done with many other things including the blackhawks um you know sexual assault scandal stuff are just going to try and wait it out and sweep it under the rug and just hope people forget about it um I'm hoping a guy like Leonard, if he's going to like champion this, won't let that happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a little I'm a little uneasy when the NHL says, "Well, we've invited mm-hmm. Robin Leonard to speak to us," because you know, I mean, that's just we know what it seems like the NHL does with that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it seems very like Sith Lordy. We've invited Obi Wan Kenobi to talk to. Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. I'll express expresses grievances in person.
0: <laughs> no big deal. Just want to hear you out. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's just... Uh, we know this league has plenty of problems. And in the past, and I don't know how much this is still true, there's been a lot of, like, kind of winking and nodding at drug abuse and cocaine and all sorts of yeah. stuff. And, you know whatever i don't know like i don't want to be the guy that's like oh these people are bad people because they're doing drugs but also like maybe when it's a league-wide like epidemic problem mm. it's a it should be a concern and you know it's it's just it
1: feels like some of those are like an open secret right right like i can't point to any player that like for sure does cocaine right it's like oh eh, they probably do
0: yeah and it's like you just don't want you just don't want that to become endemic, and you definitely, obviously, don't want some tragedy to take place to be the reason it it has to change, which I think is what a lot of sports do, sadly, is they let it get to a point where something truly, truly terrible happens, and then they start to act like, oh, well, this, this has to be addressed, mm. and it's like, well, you could just address it now, you know, <laughs> and like not, I don't know, it's just, obviously, I don't know the full context and I don't know everything going on behind the scenes but I don't have a lot of reasons to disbelieve mm-hmm. um Robin Lanier because I don't know why he would go out and honestly like lie about any of that I don't know what's in it for him mm-hmm. so yeah just it's it's one of many many stories right now that the NHL is... Um, not necessarily dealing with as transparently as they could. Yeah. Uh, you retweeted, I think, wisely that note about Stan Bowman, who is currently under investigation for hiding sexual abuse allegations mm-hmm. uh, as the Team USA's GM in the Olympics. Um, you know, there's the Jack Eichel situation itself, which the NHL is doing nothing to step in and resolve and and it's it sucks i'm tired of every i'm tired of part of every episode being devoted to talking about how corrupt and crappy this league (laughs) is but they leave us no choice a lot of times like it's true
1: it does feel like there's been a lot in the last couple of months and then on top of that even like starting in 2019 if there's anything that's been a through line for these last two years, it's, like, COVID mm-hmm. and, uh, like, scandals Comitant in the NHL. controversy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, I, and I get that happens at all levels of different sports, but just, like, man, it's just, it sucks. And, like, to, to kind of tie this to something else, even though it's not really directly tied, it's more just, like, me trying to make a connection, is, like, Carrie Price today is, like, kind of stepping away from the Canadians for a while. I forget, like, what the... NHL-run organization is, but it's essentially, like, NHL Player Assistance, I think it is. I think it used to literally be, like, a legal Substance Help, or called something like that, and I think Emily Kaplan tweeted out that they actually, this summer, changed the name to, like, NHL Player Assistance so that there's less stigma around it, it's mm-hmm. Like you'd be getting help for anything. So he might not, Carey Price might not even be getting help for, like, drug issues or anything, right. but the thought is it could be that or it could be something like, um, you know, depression, anxiety, some sort of deal like that. And that's definitely related to like benzos and sleeping pills and stuff, something to help you, you know, take the edge off of what you're feeling um, and can be used in certain cases, but you don't want to just have thrown at you and you're like, man, I'm feeling really shitty. And you're like, yeah, well, we're in the middle of 82 game season. We can't help you other than to give you, you know, medicine to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, credit to Carrie Price for you know, examining what's going on with them and, and asking for help and everything. But I, I part of me does kind of wonder, I'm sure he was, I would hope he was going to do that anyways, but I do wonder if some of the Robin Leonard stuff was like, man, I, you know, that was in his face when he was thinking about this and he was like, you know what, I might need to take a step. And also Jonathan Drouin took a step away on his team mm-hmm. with anxiety issues and stuff. So it's like it's yeah. it's all it's all in Carey Price's face, and I just wonder if this was another another thing he saw yeah. that made him make that decision. And
0: I have no desire to speculate about yeah, yeah, what he yeah, yeah, yeah. is or isn't doing. But like I do think the timing of it is coincidental at the very least. And I you know, another thing the NHL is doing, which isn't really in the same path, but they're Habitually worst team over the past three or four years just refuses to sign its foremost star because they don't want to meet his contract demands Mm. uh, because of their owner, who's a cancer to the entire league that the NHL just refuses to to get rid of. And, And, you know, I just I I don't understand why the league operates this way. And it's gonna continue to baffle me. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't quite understand why. Like Melnick is someone that the league doesn't think they can bully around because that's definitely a cheap dude that is not one of your like top five, right. six, seven owners that probably run this league. So it's like I don't understand why they can be like, "Dude, this is a black guy.
0: Sign your player." I don't know why these leagues don't have don't have protocols too to like be able to vote out owners that like you know pay them fair value but basically force them mm-hmm. away from ownership i don't know the legal ease behind that maybe it's impossible whatever but like nothing's impossible nothing's impossible when gary Bettman's her lawyer. <laughs> so it's just
1: it, it is too bad that we have like a couple of different teams like you're saying um that we constantly have to hit because they're shitty and a lot of the shitty things about them are at like the ownership level like it's one thing to be like oh your gm sucks or oh, all your players are so bad But if it's like, man, your owners are terrible, Mm -hmm. like, that's, I think that's the worst level of terrible because it's like, what are you going to do? You can't do anything.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's no hope. (laughs) Sorry, Ottawa. (laughs) Sorry, Ottawa. Sorry, Buffalo. Uh, Let's talk about the Canucks and finally signing Quinn Petterson and Elias Hughes. Quinn Hughes and I like, Elias like, Petterson. like Elias Hughes. Yeah, that's a pretty cool name. Um they probably got another brother somewhere. <laughs> Quinn Peterson, big no, fat ass. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard hard pass. Uh what about Quentin Petterson? Even worse, even worse. Yeah, worse. Pedersen signed a three-year $7.35 million AAV that will not make him a UFA at the end of it, I believe. And Quinn Hughes signed a six-year $7.85 million AAV, um, which to me, neither of those contracts are quote-unquote bad. To me, the Hughes one feels like too much to pay him if you're not in the seven- to eight-year range. Mm -hmm. And like six years isn't great for the team Either, like, I don't know. It just, that one seems a little more like... You really gave the player the win there. The so Patterson is, like, at least in the middle where it's like, okay, well, you still have control, so you can figure this out again in the future.
1: I'm assuming Hughes has played for his, I mean, they've both been played for their three years or whatever in the NHL already. I think two. Hughes has only
0: played two years, but his contract was weird because he's coming from college. Well, then either way. Because he also didn't have Arb rights or any, like, outside oh, okay. offer sheet. Well, either way, he'll be 27
1: and played more than seven years in the league mm-hmm. by the time this contract. Up, but yeah, he'll be. I think he'll literally be 27 because he's 21 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wonder about that for Hughes. That feels like they walked him right to when he can leave, like yeah. just exactly when he'll leave. Um, that's fine though. I mean, you you get most of his, his early years, his early prime, if you will. Um, Patterson, I think, is gonna be real interesting because he will still be an RFA. Mm-hmm. How did this work? I'm not I'm gonna butcher it, so maybe I shouldn't. But like I swear they said something about Patterson's qualifying offer when he's in when this contract is up is like
0: eight point eight million dollars or something like that. Yeah, so like it'd be the base salary of whatever is last year the contract yeah. is. So let me look that up real quick. I think it's over eight million dollars. Um, 10.25 is his base salary. So I think if it's just that, then that's what it is. Jesus. But maybe it's some percentage of that or something. <laughs> yeah, but like either way, it's just like... Maybe it's 80%. Maybe it's got to be 80% of your last salary or something. I could, I could see that.
1: They probably don't say you're guaranteed that yeah. that money or 100%. Um, I just wonder, because I think Petterson he didn't have the best year last year, but I think he's for sure going to bounce back. And I think that dude... Is going to be making like no
0: players. Okay, the current team must extend a qualifying offer, uh, depending on the player's prior year salary. So, yeah, I think it had have to be 10.2. <laughs>
1: well, good job, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, you did it, Mr. Bennon. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna have an amazing three years, and mm. then they're gonna, I don't know. I don't know what their contracts will look like at that point, but like they're gonna have to pay that dude yeah. well over obviously well over ten I assume, million
0: dollars. I would assume just because of how friggin' gorgeous it is in the location that like of the Canada teams, Vancouver probably has the best shot of like retaining people. Yeah. And plus for Patterson he gets to work with the Sedines and stuff, you know. I mean true, there's a true. lot of appeal there, but like I don't know. Both of these guys, I mean Quinn for sure, I don't think he's staying with with vancouver forever yeah. but like i'm not even as confident about petterson you know it just feels like maybe maybe i shouldn't judge because by the time these guys are resigning jim bidding will be gone and they could be compet- competently run <laughs> but um you know they're also going to pick a new gm from the pool of recycled nhl GMs, so probably not peter shirelli yeah <laughs> come on down give old uh oh, i can't even think of another one that's been fired um but yeah, they'll they'll figure it out. I don't know, but yeah, I, I don't feel like either of these were a big win for the Canucks. It was just like on the other hand, at least the Canucks were like, well, we got to have these guys in camp before the season or we'll be a laughing laughingstock, so we'll give them what they want.
1: You bested Eugene Melnick.
0: Yeah. In the You cleared the lowest bar. In the bar. Ra- in the race to the bottom, you cleared the lowest conceivable <laughs> bar. Congratulations. They
1: um I mean, they set their window, right? Like it's it's three years at the oh, yeah. minimum, at least, and we'll see. I mean, the more I look at their team this season, the more I think they might do all right, mm-hmm. except for having OEL back there. But I mean, their their forwards look really good, so I'm like, okay, let's. I, I would love them to be fun and interesting, but I just as long as Jim Benning's your GM, I'm just a little mm-hmm. afraid.
0: Maybe Sweden Swedes and in the NHL are like. Um, was it either Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon card where, like, the more of them you had in your hand, mm. the more powerful they'd become, and would like, get a 20% power boost or whatever. So, maybe it's one of those situations, yeah, and no. OEL just becomes, like, a serviceable NHL oh, defenseman yeah, yeah. because there are other Swedes there now.
1: Jim Benning just knows the, the meta rules. That's
0: right. That's right. He's been paying attention. Yes, I feel like no one read the we're, handbook. We're all snoozing, because they're bringing in Nils Hog- Hoglander, too, so... You know like, it's going to be Swedish power out there. I love Swedish. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it'd be interesting to t- see. And Yul levy's still there? I assume he's Swedish. So <laughs> <sighs> that team, I think, will at least be fun. I think the, it'd be hard to not have a fun Canucks game because somebody's going to be scoring. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, I don't know who, and they don't either, but somebody will be scoring. The Blues bubble boys, let's talk about uh, who's gone and who's not. The Blues have cut their roster to 29. We know forwards that are making it for sure are Barbashev, Bozak, Buchnevich, Kairu, O'Reilly, Peron, Saad, Shin, Sunquist will make it, but he's on the LTIR for the moment, and Tarasenko and Thomas. Um, the defensemen making it for sure are Falk, Krug, Pareko, and Scandella and Bortuzzo. Uh for forwards, there are roughly four spots, uh, two for the fourth line and two for the press box. Those will be chosen between uh, Logan Brown, who's still in camp, uh, Kyle Clifford, who is still on the team. <laughs> Somehow. Dakota Joshua, we'll talk about uh, Clifford in a minute. Um, Quim Costin, Mackenzie McEachern, James Neal, the real deal, and Jake Neighbors. And for defensemen, there are three. Two spots for three players, Mikola, Perunovic, and Jake Wallman. I have some pretty pretty decided thoughts, actually, about how I think this oh, is going to shake down. But uh, I'm curious what you think, first and foremost. Where where would you go? Let's start with defensemen, because that's a little bit of a queer picture. Where mm. would you go with the defensemen? Because I'm pretty, I'm pretty solid here. I'm glad. I'm glad you're solid. <laughs> what do I
1: want? I want Prunovic to make it, and then I think it'd be I would think it'd be Mikola because uh-huh. I feel like he's played more uh, consistently than Walman has. And then you you can rotate Mikola, Bortuzzo, Prunovic out. You know, that's gonna be your three rotating through the bottom pairing. Um, but oh God, I don't know that Walman looks that much better than Prunovic at all. Like I'm sure he's fine. I don't. I haven't watched that much Jake Wallman, but haven't <laughs> been doing the heavy I'm a... <laughs> deep scouting on Jake. <laughs> yeah, I don't got my eyes wide open for Wallman, but I can't imagine he's that much better than Prunovic, So to me, it feels like it should be Mikola Prunovic, But I know deep in my bones that Prunovic is going to be playing for Springfield Thunderbirds. I feel like they're going to stick with Wallman. And Bortuzzo and Mikola and Lovaprinovich eating up all them minutes. That's always the fun. Hey, you know, he's not playing on your team, but he's down there in the AHL playing 25 minutes a night. Just think about it. Down there and up there, sideways there. Northeast of here in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, And that's great. And that'll help him develop. But it's not as exciting as I want it to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm extremely confident Forunovic will be on this team. I, I think you're just making a mockery of yourself if you don't have him on this team out of camp. He's been... One of the best players in camp. He was incredible in Traverse City. He's got your highest ceiling by miles of any of these guys. Look, Jake Wallman had a pretty good year last year, and nobody expected that. And he honestly, honestly, truly deserves better. But the fact of the matter is sometimes you lose your spot, and he's lost it twice to Vince Dunn (laughs) first. And now to Scott Perinovich. I don't know how you can justifiably make a case that Scott Perinovich doesn't belong in the nhl right now personally and to me he's a guy that you basically part of this is you need him in your bottom pairing now because you really need him in your top four in like the second half of the season (laughs) and uh if you want to give him time to get his feet wet or whatever this needs to be the time to do that so i i would be i mean with the caveat that teams make dumb decisions, so I'm never, <laughs> like, that floored. I would be pretty surprised if, if Scott Perinovich doesn't make this team. Um, and I I wouldn't be totally surprised if they did, like, a, um, if they had, like, spots for both Wallman and Mikula and were like, well, sometimes we'll do seven defenders or whatever, oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and have Walman play f- some forward or whatever. Like... Maybe to, like, give him the carrot of, like, making the roster or whatever. Because it really—it it sucks for all those guys. What—if I was, like, doing the tired-wired approach, what I would really do is try and trade or cut Robert Bortuzzo. But he's actually—I looked at his stats today. He's actually pretty good. So, like, I don't really have anything against Robert Bortuzo. It's just, like, you know he's going to be gone next season. And two of these guys could be your bottom pairing, and the third guy could, you know, has will probably play out the lineup. So, um, but to me, I really, I just, I don't know how you can justify not having Scott Perunovich make the team, you know, and not also kind of tell a lie, you know, because if you cut him, you're kind of telling a lie about well, you can earn your spot, like what? Because what more could he have possibly done, you know, like. I'm sure he's made misplays and some stuff, but like he's looked really good his whole um, his whole all the time he's been on the ice for the last month. Everywhere he's played, he's looked really good, and he paid his way to come up here for a month before even that, and train with the team and and paid paid his own way to be here. So like, I just think I think it's time. I think I I totally. Have room for them saying, like, in my in my expectations, I totally agree that they can say, well, we want to get him the big minutes in the AHL mm-hmm. so that when the time comes for him to have a better opportunity here, he'll really be ready. But, like, this dude's going to freaking just skate through the AHL like butter. So, like, why are you wasting <laughs> his time?
1: I will say, I think that's the most convincing argument, really, is if you're going to say these guys can earn it, then, like, what else is yeah. he supposed to do? like beyond the possible like wow he just looks like alex petrangelo now and it's like well then we wouldn't have drafted him and all this other junk so it's like he's done everything he could possibly do yeah
0: and i will also my only other kind of a little more like i don't want to call it conspiracy theory but like a little more like three-dimensional picture is like this team's biggest need entering the offseason was defense, and we did nothing to our <laughs> defense, which makes me really think Doug Armstrong was, like, planning on Scott Perunovich to be really good. Because mm-hmm. now, and it is a little bit of, like, hindsight is 20-20, because now I'm seeing it with Scott Perunovich and I'm like, damn, that dude could be in the top four and, like, convincing myself backwards that Army knew all along. <laughs> but, like, it does kind of make sense to me that with no other moves there that that sort of fits into the picture you know so no our
1: one defensive change i believe jr talked about was that we're now uh doing the
0: swarm is oh, yeah. our defensive strategy Ooh. which sounds buzz, not great buzz. <laughs> can we like make buzzing noise whenever <laughs> when, when the other team is like say, peppering when, us whenever one side of the ice is completely abandoned and that team scores a goal over there <laughs> Uh, all right, so there are four spots: two presumably for the fourth line, and two for the press box for four of these players: Connor Brown, Connor Brown, uh, Logan oh, Brown, Kyle Clifford, Dakota Joshua, Quim Costen, McKenzie McHeckern, <laughs> James Neal, and Jake Neighbors. So, in your opinion, the top nine are. Um, Buchnevich, Kairu, O'Reilly, Perron, Saad, Shin, Tarasenko, and Thomas. But that's eight, right? So who would you factor in there with them? Barbashev? Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, I'm not necessarily against it. I'm just interested. Could you miss Peron? Somebody Bozak? I didn't put... You you put Bozak in the top nine? Oh,
1: top nine. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Um... I guess Barbashev, you're gonna like th- if you're gonna push him up there. Yeah. I guess what I was trying to say is like there could one of these people could be on the third line, the other mm. could be on the fourth line or something. These two open positions, but presumably they'll most likely be fourth line guys. Um, yeah, because I think they're probably gonna try and run. It looks like they're gonna try and run Cairo O'Reilly Peron and then Shen Bushnevich, or No, it was like Cairo Shen Bushnevich. I think that's what it was. It was something wacky the other day. Wacky. Some tacky. wacky tobacco. Mm-hmm. But it seems like what? What's the one that they do like a lot? Thomas, Tarasenko. Sod. Sod. They seem to like that one a lot.
0: That line makes me anything but Sod. <laughs> that line makes me <laughs> <Ayo>! very happy.
1: <laughs> Fucking A.O. Um, yeah,
0: we got to have a counter on the podcast for how many Sod jokes we
1: made this year. Oh, was the other one something nasty like Bozak up there? Nope. The- Sorry, I'm, I now I have to rationalize all this out. It was, Thomas, <laughs> it was Thomas, Tarasenko, and Saad. And then they had Bushnevich and Shen together because they made comments about, oh yeah, you used to be in the in New York Rangers. You used to be Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> so they're together. And then I think it was Cairo with them. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was O'Reilly and Peron. Then the
0: sixth game, it was Barbashev, Bozak, and Neal. This okay. isn't what you're talking about, though. You must be talking about like practice lines, right? yeah? Yeah. Let me see if I can find any.
1: Anyways, I it, it makes it so that those are all kind of solid spots in the fourth lines. So it's fluid with like Barbashev or whoever that you're gonna toss down there, um, or Bozak, either one of the two. So, of Brown, Clifford, Joshua, Costin, McCracken, Neil, Neighbors, I think. Clifford and Joshua are going to make the team and then they can be press box, press box rotations or whatever. Clifford, because he's an NFL, an NHL player, so they're like, we have to honor this man. He's an NHL player. He won't play most nights. He'll be scratched, but he's still got to be on the team. He's a locker room guy, I'm sure, as they say. Uh, Dakota Joshua. Caught him, I, I say. I mean, Get rid of mean, him, but
0: like. They're going to keep them. The lines from today. Mm. Sato Raleigh Peron, Kairu Buchnevich, Neil Thomas Tarasenko, mm. uh, Barba Shav Bozak, Neighbors, Clifford Joshua McKeckern, and Brown Koston.
1: Uh-oh. Okay. So Brown Koston, both not making the team. Yeah. They're both in the AHL. Sorry. Sorry, Koston fanatics. Unless that dude happening. unless that dude catches fire.
0: Genuinely those are the two I'm looking at this list and those are the two that's easiest for me to yeah. say not having them right. Brown
1: now. and Coston out. Um I think Clifford Joshua they like Joshua a lot. They seem to really like him. I think he's been fine. Like I have nothing I against think he's him. Fine. So he's probably gonna be he's probably gonna make he's the gritty team.
0: but not yeah. like unskilled decent skater.
1: So if you say Clifford Joshua, you say Brown and Coston are out, that leaves you two spots amongst McEchar and Neil and neighbors. Tough. That's tough. So if we're gonna go by earned it, from what it sounds like, McEchrin hasn't earned it. And like, which seems kind of crazy for a guy that's an NHL player and on your cup winning roster and all that stuff. But it sounds like he hasn't impressed that much in camp. It could be a call-up, could be a press box guy, but it's like, we'll see. Neil is a whole nother story because you have to sign him. And do you want this 34 year old guy taking a spot on your team? I don't, but they do (laughs) old people, old NHL people. Would love to throw a young kid under the bus oh, and yeah. sign an old dude. Oh yeah. That's like their favorite thing next to cocaine.
0: Ian Say, <laughs> say what you're thinking though, because I see you logicking your way towards a conclusion. Oh,
1: but I think Nate I think my hot take is Prunovich is in the AHL, which will be sad, but they'll be like Jake Nambers has made the team and I'll be like, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, I'm here for it, but like whoa, whoa. <laughs> at very least, at very least, I think they have to give him the nine games. Yeah. Why not? You're not. You don't burn anything. Just have him up here, play those games. There, there's some tough games too, right? They're again, we play the Avalanche. We play um, Vegas right out the gate. We play like a young and hungry LA team, like back to back. Those are those are really good games to play this kid in and just see what he has. And then if he impresses in those, maybe you start writing it off. Uh, you know, you start saying, okay, he's gonna. He's gonna be here for the rest of the season. And if he struggles really you know, really bad, it's like, okay, he's you know, we'll we'll send him back to the WHL after these nine games. But I don't see any reason to send him there now, right? Mm -hmm. And he's made it this far. Like the the second cut or the yeah, the second cut, the one that was today or yesterday, that's like the real cut. That's like if you're off that team then or if you're still on the team at this point, then it's like they're giving you a very long hard look. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we said, for some of these guys, they've gotten that look before and they haven't <laughs> made it. Costin', um Wallman, in some cases. But if you're Jake Neighbors and you're still here, like that's that's got to be a really good sign. Yeah. Um, I think he, I think he makes the team. I think he's at least here for those nine games. I'm excited because he, I don't know. He just kind of came out of nowhere, not really, right? But he was first mm-hmm. round pick last year for us, um, and you and I were just kind of eh, that's fine. He seems all right. It was yeah. more like a power forward type, but he seems to have like some really good passing skills. Uh, and hasn't looked out of place in the, all the preseason games I've watched him in. I'd, I'd be I'd be really interested to see what he does. I'm always interested, more interested in the team when they bring in young talent right mm-hmm. it's not the same old dudes from yesterday with a trade here and a ufa signing there you're like oh we got like a new young kid <laughs> it's just exciting it honestly makes my enjoyment of the team like rely a little bit less on like how they perform as a whole mm-hmm. and i'm like "Ooh, if jake neighbors just has a fun season then i'm here for it you know the blues can be sort of eh. but yeah who like, jake neighbors <laughs> had like you know I don't know, 12, 13 goals, you know, this season. Holy shit, Uh, whatever, that's awesome. Um, So, yeah, I really hope he makes it.
0: Yeah, so, I'm with you. I think the Blues have done this in the past, where they let young guys make it out of camp at the expense of veterans. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks ago when we signed Armstrong, I was really intrigued by the comment that... He had when when uh, Stillman said he's made some decisions like that are better for the long term health of the team, but not necessarily better for him to win now. Mm -hmm. You know, in in the interest of of keeping his contract alive. And I was really intrigued by that, and I didn't know what they meant. And I don't know that they meant anything that I'm about to say, but it really does seem like there's going to be of more of a youth movement on this team than I thought. And as much as they talked about spending to the cap, which to be fair, they are doing, and two-year two window and all that, I do think you're kind of right that the two-year window is, like, sort of eliminated with the extension for Armstrong, or at least, like, mollified. We know that mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with O'Reilly's contract. But personally, I think they're going to get that done. Mm-hmm. And, even, and if they don't, it's kind of like, well... Pfft, You know, like that's kind of, that's kind of ball game on trying to be competitive, right? Without a, without, unless you go out and get like a Matthew Kachuk and a Jack, you know, some crazy, like whatever. Um, I could see that
1: O'Reilly signing mm -hmm. because the extension only happen after the season's up, right? Yeah. I could see that happening like real quick. That feels like one of those real, one of those real quick, we got it done. See UFA, RFA is everyone. Mm -hmm. He's here. You don't got to worry, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, I really um, could.
0: I just don't, like, what is in it? And I know I said this about Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. But, like, what is possibly in it for either of those parties to m- move away from each other? Mm-hmm. Like, What's he's what I mean? our number one center. He's the face of a franchise. He won the Conn Smythe and the Stanley Cup here. He's now the captain. Like, what, what appeal could there be for him to go somewhere else other than just like straight up dollars and it's not like this team will spin so like what you know what are they you know I guess the no movement clause thing maybe but like First of all, he's going to pretty much have one because he's like middle 30s, right? When he uh, re signed. So this like, feels
1: like one of those situations where he's like, we don't do no movement clauses. And then he and does. he's like, and then ah, you're, Ryan you're right, O'Reilly. We'll do one for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, we'll do one for him. Don't say a baby, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I got
0: you. <laughs> it I really, really does. I yeah. feel like
1: he's going to break all those little rules. I'm like, Ryan O'Reilly's here to stay. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Well,
0: I do think like the organization kind of needs a win after Petrangelo left and Tarasenko wants out. And and yeah, I was gonna say that Schwartz could be. Schwartz left, which, I mean, I think we all agreed that it was time, but, like, that's still a franchise.
1: That could be a big blow piece. if they trade Tarasenko and, like, yeah. O'Reilly was, like, not sticking around yeah. either.
0: That'd be really. Yeah, rough. I mean, I, I'm i just. I would be. I know it's this isn't an immediate concern, but I would be pretty shocked mm. if O'Reilly left, unless something, you know, significant develops between now and then. And hopefully he'll. Unless we get Jack Eichel. Right. Exactly. Of course. Although, I mean. <laughs> You got right. to have them together. I'll say,
1: I'll say what I said about the John Demura signing. Us Jack Eichel 50-50. I think
0: it's 50-50. <laughs> oh, man. We've had some hot takes on this pod. Ooh, boy. Ooh, all right. Uh, God, can you imagine if we got both, though? If O'Reilly did like a 6.75 for his next deal for like four or five years, yeah. and we had Eichel, and those were your top two centers i mm. I really want whoever trades for Jack Eichel to be real surprising. Like
1: people are like, Oh, I've heard San Jose or Vegas Arizona, and I'm like yeah. lame. No, I want like fucking Colorado and it's like yeah. What? And yeah. like yeah, Mika Ranton and pack your shit
0: Go <laughs> <laughs> and Byram, pack your shit. Oh my god, that'd be dope. I want it to be like, yeah, exactly. So off the wall. Um, Pittsburgh White like, trades Malkin oh, yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: please. I want
0: something fun. Oh, baby. All right. Um, I don't know if I ever actually finished saying this. I do agree. I think neighbors makes the rosters, and one of the reasons I pushed you on uh, who was defined as bottom four, bottom yeah. three, or whatever is I. I kind of think he's that like ninth spot in the top. Oh, nine. he's got. I just. You cannot like, you trial can't, run. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Trial if you're giving him his cup old. of coffee, you got to put him at least on the third right. line. You
1: can't give him like five minutes a night and be like, "Well, he didn't look that great." <laughs> <be> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: dude. No uh, so I would really love it. I really want those guys to make the team. That's like a, that's like an added level of intrigue. Exactly, you know, like yeah. it's like you lost a lot of players this summer, and you got two really good new players, but like, you know, there wasn't. Like, if the turnover is going to be, you trade, who all we lose? Dunn, Schwartz, um, Hoffman, Mm -hmm. and then one other person. Bozak, I guess we kept... (laughs) He left and then he came but, back. But was there one other? I feel like there was one. Oh, I think I'm thinking that we would have lost. Arisenko. Sammy Blay. Oh, and Sammy what? Sammy Blay, who had an amazing play yesterday. Oh, that was sick. And that was sick.
1: Did you see where was 91? Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> who is this? Panarin or Tim? Uh, yeah. Panarin? yeah, man, he Did was you see the uh,
0: Patrick Wynand play too? Mm-hmm. We just like. He just took it himself from like his own end through traffic. Similar sort of finish yeah, to Boy, but just from his own end. Way to go, Winnipeg! Like, yeah, you idiots, you morons. <laughs> Hope you enjoy Pierre Luke Dubois. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be fine there. He'll be great. Speaking of the Central Division competition, what a transition. Yeah. Good, good job, Ian. Uh, it's the newest at- arrival in the Central Division. They're very happy to be here. Just ask them. It's the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, they finished fifth in the Western Division last season, 24, 26, and six. They played us, what was it, eight, seven times in a row? Seven yeah, consecutive I think was games? Seven times. And we lost four of them, I think. I think we lost
1: most of them. Yeah, I think we They got the lost... better of us in points. Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: they did not make the playoffs, though, and we did. So suck on that, <laughs> Billy. Uh, they added Shane Gostis-Bear, Carter Hutton, Anton Strollman, Ryan Zingle. They <laughs> lost uh, Ekman, Larson, Garland, Kemper, Ronte. Who are we kidding? This team is digging, digging in their own basement. They are trying. This is a race to uh, build a basement system faster than the Buffalo Sabres. That's all this season is. These two dreams are trying to dig down to the bottom, and whoever can strike the oil that is Shane whatever his name is. Shane Wright? Shane Wright. I always want to say Shane Prince. uh, They will be the winner, and that's all we got. That's that's the truth right here. So um, will they name a new captain? Uh, nah. No, I mean, unless they just give it to like Phil Kessel for the lulls.
1: I guess you, you know you give it to like Chickering because apparently Clayton Keller is like for sale. I don't know. Jeff of course Merrick he said is. he was like everyone's for sale. I was like, even Clayton Keller has he just been kind of blah? I guess he's just been kind of blah. Yeah, but they're not going to move him because his contract's big and fat. I guess they like could retain. Um, yeah, everyone's for sale on this team. Every single person aside from Chickering, I'll give is you for sale. Kyle
0: Clifford. And Vladimir Tarasenko, you give us Keller at a second, and eat a fifteen percent of his salary, and we'll call it even. We'll That's ca- fair. We'll call it even. Um, they're wearing the best part about
1: them is they're wearing their old jerseys as their new jerseys. Those and we'll get to see those a lot this season. Yep. Uh, I will say if the Blues lose any games to Arizona, I'll be extremely upset. And curious. it'll
0: prove that this team sucks a bit. Carter Hutton's going to come shut the door on his old team in his old barn. Who's their other goalie? Uh, someone
1: also not impressive. Not Aiden Hill, right? Yeah, because did he get picked? He went to the Sharks. Oh. Who is their other goalie? It is someone of
0: note. It is... Joseph Coronar. Nope, no, no, anyone of note. Nope, nope, nope. 23-year-old Golden Where'd Devin Dubnik go? To... They all where he end up last season?
1: He ended up with the ass, right?
0: To the... He's an unrestricted free agent? I thought he went somewhere. No, right? Oh, so Devin Dubnik's the dude we sign when Bennington's out for six weeks. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Doobie, doobie, doobie. It's <laughs> oh, the old Mike Yo God. sign, and I rationalized why that was good. Like, you know
1: what? Dubnik would no, be good on no, this team.
0: No one? No, no, no one? No, no one. Your no team's. Uh, that is a, such an insult. That. That is, like, proof positive that these two teams are trying to dump dump their way to hell. I was like, that's better. I mean, you can't tell me you honestly believe that Carter Hutton's a better NHL goalie today than Devin Dubnik. Wow. Rough. All right.
1: Um, Okay, what do you think is the... I don't know. What am I going to put it at? Over, under, that they win...
0: We're doing wins, not points?
1: Yeah, we'll do... Yeah, we'll do wins. We'll do wins. Okay. That they win... 22 games.
0: That's 44 points. Uh, I'm taking the over, but only slightly. <laughs> 23. 20, like 24, maybe. Yeah. I think i I, think I go over to... I was going to say over under 49.5 points. That's
1: a good one. I'll go... <laughs> oh, shit.
0: Do they crack 50? No. No, no, <laughs> no, no, they don't. No, no, <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> they it's can't under. They're under. Oh, I can't wait to hear some of those preseason uh, preview episodes, though, that are like, watch out for the Coyotes. They're not going to be an easy beat
1: like I they should I, be they yeah. fucking
0: should yeah. be <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah I think they will be. <sighs> Speaking of teams getting overrated in preseason previews, it's the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, boy. They finished sixth in the Central Division, 24, 25, and seven. They did not make the playoffs. They added old people and bad people to the roster. Marc-Andre Fleury, old person. Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, and Tyler Johnson, bad people. Uh, They let go of Duncan Keith, Adam Boquist, because they had to get Seth Jones. Uh, Nikita Zadorov, and Pius Suter uh jonathan taves is back is he not supposed to start opening night
1: i don't think so they said he's back he will be starting i'm sure in the first month or two but he's not in that starting right away
0: so there's already question marks around this team
1: yeah of course <laughs>
0: uh how will the starts be split between fury fury flurry and kevin Lankinen? was it kevin lankanen yeah That's his name? yeah kevin Lankinen for real
1: I'm not making that up Um, I don't think I mean the thing about getting Flurry is he's already a better goaltender than they've had in a long time and he'll definitely steal games for them but like the next point is how will the defense fare? like I just don't know that the defense in front of Flurry is very good like they lost Keith they lost Adorov they lost Boquist Um, they'll probably pair McCabe and Jones DeHaan and Murphy and then their third pairing is like literally a mishmash of like 10 other people Uh, that are all, like, vying for it in the preseason. It just doesn't... It does not scream, like, defense strong defenseman. (laughs) Like, it's just... I don't know. I don't know. And all their forwards, as we all know, are tiny people. So I just think they're going to get pushed around. Mm -hmm. They could be pushed around. They'll score lots of points. You got Patrick Kane. He's always good for, like, 80-plus points. But, like, I just... I don't see what other people are I don't, seeing.
0: This team's not good. They're just they're not good. They're older. They're slower. Marc-Andre Fleury, yes, had a remarkable season. The dude's, what, like 39, 38? Alexa, how old is Marc-Andre Fleury? Marc-Andre Fleury is 36
1: years old. Well, don't say it like that. Don't say <laughs> his name like that. It's not his name.
0: <laughs> Oh, uh, Marc Andre Fleury. marc Andre. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he had a great season last year, but he had a great season behind the Vegas Golden Knights defense. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to be behind this defense. This is just this is to me just classic. Well, they're a big market and they mm-hmm. made some moves, so they got to be good. Yeah, and, they were probably good moves. Like, there I know there are people out there projecting them above us. I just don't know how you get there. And I know that's homery and rivalry and whatever, but, like, how, If though? they finish above the
1: Blues, some, something's gone wrong, I think. Yeah. Like, I just... It's not Bennington good. died. Yeah, <laughs> Something. like, like, something's gone wrong. Even if we play up to our expectations and then the Blackhawks are just amazing, like, something's gone wrong. Yeah. I... I think you're right. I think it is just like big name, big name goalie came to big name city, and big name defenseman, not necessarily good defenseman, showed up in big name city, and they're like that. Those are what we want, folks. And people are like, yeah, yeah. Also, they were like, they were shit the last couple of years, right? And so this is an improvement yeah. in a way. So they have improved, but relatively yeah, so yeah t-
0: but to ba- from bad to bad yeah
1: from bad to like slightly, slightly less, less bad it. yeah i just
0: no 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 i'm not buying it no projections for the chicago blackhawks this season are a joke and here's another one alexa tell us a joke what's the difference between a well-dressed cyclist and a scruffy guy on a tricycle attire <laughs> I, I hate
1: alexa <laughs> <laughs>
0: That was the worst joke I have ever heard in my life. I hope it wasn't picked up. Should I repeat it? No, no, no. I just
1: wanted them to know that that was terrible. Oh, my God. All right,
0: all right, all right. Folks, I hope you heard it. But if you didn't, you're SOL. So, oh, my God, that was horrifying. She has such bad jokes. And they're not even good bad, they're uh, no, just bad. No, bad. The setup was convoluted and the payoff was nothing. It's like an everything bagel. Get bit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to take my stand against everything bagels and we are here, folks.
1: Steven's got a tight <laughs> this on is a five
0: on everything bagels. Major from our episode three, our throwback to our old segment. Coming back on ever, on uh, whatever. Butthurt
1: or not butthurt?
0: <laughs> Folks, let us know if you want the segments to come back. So, then if, if we bring them back, we can say fan requested. <laughs> <laughs> I do I enjoy uh, it sometimes. Some uh, these
1: episodes start very kind of just really plain. And like you know, we hope whatever ramblinger is going through, they work it right. through. Next topic, and then not halfway through, <laughs> we, just, we just fucking we're lose just it. just
0: entirely. Uh, folks, please comment your concerns. Uh, this basement isn't getting any warmer as uh, the night I, gets deeper. I smell gas. <laughs> <laughs> Although,
1: it's the gas you can't smell that's the that's problem. Right. That's
0: right. <laughs> hey, this gas isn't natural. <laughs> uh, Colorado Avalanche, they're going to be really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> End of story. Brought in Darcy Kemper, Lofts, Philip Grubauer, Kale signed, Tyson Jost, resigned, Darren Helm. I like how they have to add Resign to make it look... Qu- Like, they did more stuff. Um, (laughs) They lost Grubauer, Donskoy, and Sodden Graves. That's, I mean, that's a big four. Those guys were all contributors. They're bringing in Alex Newhook. Um, I'm sure other youngsters. They're going to be really good. Kemper's really good, I think, behind that defense. is going to be solid. The big question is, can he stay healthy? And you would say, well, even if he can't, they've got Pavel Francouz, who's pretty good behind him, except Pavel Francouz just went on the IR for like a month because he is also a glass factory. So <laughs> two very injury-prone goalies, which means Jonas, Jonas Johansson or whoever that guy was that got a few starts for them, is probably going to get some work this year. And even he looked fine behind their defense because that's how freaking good they are. So, um First in the division. What are your concerns, if you have any, with the uh, Colorado Avalanche?
1: Uh, None. (laughs) I think it's more just like playoffs, right? It's Can they get out of the second round. They're a cakewalk through the first, and then the second. They seem to always run into issues. Mm -hmm. So it is slowly turning into the Maple Leafs thing, where it's just like we don't care about the regular season. We just got to get to the playoffs and see what happens there.
0: Yeah. I also like how this graphic that has... Additions that include re sign does not include that they re signed Philip Grubb or uh, uh, Gabriel Landeskog. So. No, he's not that big of a right. um so, I think the only potential concern with them is uh, depth scoring and who's going to replace Don Scoy and Saad, which you noted here. I'm not stealing credit for your idea. But, um, you know, Nazim Kadri's back on the ice, yeah. shite head though he is. But uh, the rest of them. Um, are gone from the team, and you know Alex Newhook, high draft capital probably going to be a solid for them. But uh, do they have enough other pieces to give them kind of that depth scoring that they have had? Uh, but even if they don't, I mean that top line can do plenty of scoring all by itself. So I don't know how desperate a concern that is. They're going to be first in the division. They're preeminently good. You're going to have to go through them if you want to make gonna, it out of the Central. i not going to play here anymore. That's what I'd say. The Dallas Stars. Ian, talk to us about the Dallas Stars, would you please? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, last season, <laughs> the Minnesota Wild, <laughs> Ian. <laughs>
1: last season, they finished fifth in the Central Division, 23-19 and 14 for 60 points. They did not make the playoffs. Uh, their additions this summer were Braden Holpe, Ryan Suter, Yanni Hackenpaw,
0: and Luke Glendening. Sub- you didn't think this team could get older or more boring but they did. I know. They're like... They're the Jim whitest team a in a the whitest sport.
1: <laughs> uh, the subtractions. Jamie Alexiak went to Seattle. Andrew Cogliano went somewhere else. Retirement, I think. Uh, <laughs> Jason Dickinson uh, went to Vancouver, I believe it was. Yes. Um, Questions about the Dallas Stars is how will their goalie situation work. They have Hudobin. They have Ottinger, who played some last year when Bishop was out. Kakwiana's on the Sharks again. Oh, yeah. Um, So they have Hudobin, Ottinger, Bishop, who's injured, and then they have Holtby. And I mean, he never played there before. I was like, wasn't he a duck? Yeah. (laughs) He played on the West Coast. Uh, Close enough. You've got four goalies, three of which that are healthy, um, three of which all of that deserve to be in the NHL, so mm-hmm. I don't really know how you're going to balance that. I mean, I do know you're going to do a Goodobin and Holpie and you know, screw a Rottinger and throw him in the AHL and let Bishop peel his broken bones. I'm surprised Bishop has not uh, retired or something, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, how effective will Ryan Suter be? I think very effective. You know, he's like water against a fire Pokemon. He's very effective. Um, super effective, in fact. I think he'll be fine down there. I completely forgot they even got him. Uh, that just shores up their defense which I think had some problems last year. Are Sagan and Radulov fully healthy? I forgot Radulov was hurt a little bit. Sagan missed all of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting. He's older than I think at the at this point. He's like 31? 30? 30. Like he's getting up there. Radulov's up there and on the last year of his contract. Um, Jamie Ben. Has sort of fallen off a bit. It's interesting to see their core. Their core just hasn't quite gotten it done. And I'm kind of surprised that people. To a lesser extent like Chicago. Are putting them as high as they are. People seem to be really high on Dallas. Um, especially with Sagan coming back. And they seem to really be colored by their their cup appearance two years ago. Which is great. And that cup counted. and it, And all of that mattered. But also I'm kind of like dallas from two years ago kind of feels like montreal from last year where i'm like yeah you made it this far but would you have made it like in a regular season <laughs> this far i just don't buy it um i think there one there one really fun storyline this year is can jason robertson jason robertson from last year build on his outstanding uh, rookie season and i i think he will um but yeah i mean that's their fun kind of youth movement to slowly have down there I think Dallas is a bubble playoff team, I think, in the Central. If you take Mm -hmm. five teams out of the Central, I think they're obviously bubble could be in or out for me. Um, What do you think of the Dallas Stars?
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, they're just not. uh, I don't. I don't see the upside, I guess. I don't know how this team gets to be really good. I think they're a playoff team, probably. Rupe (laughs) hints. I would never crap on Rupe hints. I think you know that about me. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think they're probably a playoff team, or at least a bubble playoff team. But, like, I don't know where people are getting the idea that they're going to be really good. Mm -hmm. I just don't, like, what's the upside? They were... I think we can all agree a bit of an outlier getting to the Stanley Cup Final, and they're were and they older and slower than they were then. Right. And I know that they had a lot of injuries and stuff last year, but it's not like they were unrecognizable as this current team. I just... I don't know. You're going in with a really cloudy goalkeeper situation, which to me is never like a recipe for outrageous success in the NFL. It just seems like... A big, uh, big if, a lot of ifs for that team, and um yeah, I don't know. I'm just not that high on them, and that's what I think. I think this when I hear team, when I hear like analysts that are like, "Well, I'm not sure the Blues make the playoffs in this division." I'm like, "You really think the Stars and the and the Blackhawks mm-hmm. are both better than the Blues?" Like, I'm, I don't, I'm not sitting here saying the Blues are fighting for first in this division, mm. but like. That's that's
1: as clear cut as they like to make it. Where they're like, yeah, I just don't see it with the Blues. I'm like, what are you not seeing with the Blues that you are seeing yeah. with these other two teams? Yeah,
0: exactly. I just don't,
1: I don't get it. I think those two are the ones that stick out the most, though. Like Dallas and Chicago are the ones. I'm like,
0: yeah,
1: I just don't, I just don't buy it.
0: Yeah, I mean Minnesota is going to be good, and we can move on to them now. Uh, they were 75 points last season, kind of their emergence year. They lost in a, in a fun seven-game series to Vegas. They got, uh, <laughs> once again, they re-signed Kapril Kaprazov. But in this graphic, although the graphic may have been I before this old. happened. Yeah. Okay, um, I was going to say, uh, Kevin Fiala they re-signed. They brought in Ga- um Dmitry Kulikov, and John Merrill to shore up defense. Uh, they lost Ryan Sutter and Zach Parise, obviously, along with Marcus Johansson and Nick Bonino, Um, Kaprizov. I think he's a stud. Mm -hmm. I have no doubts about his talent or his ability to uh, really make waves. One of the things that somebody pointed out, um, they pointed out about Huso, actually, which I thought was an interesting point. But like last year, all the teams saw each other a lot, Mm -hmm. which means like there are. 24 teams that are going to have to deal with kapril kaprazov for the very first time this year and i think that'll be fun to watch that's true that's a good Um, point you know that it'll be interesting to see how those kind of rookies do in a year whether it'll be maybe it'll be really hard on the on the younger players because they will have to learn and deal with a lot of new opposition but maybe it's going to be really hard on those other teams that have to deal with them um they obviously have Perisay and Suter, so it's like a give and take. I think they're worse off without Suter there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Sutter. Why do you keep saying Suter? I'm sorry. Oh, it is Suter. It is Suter. Yeah, Bruce Suter, Ryan Suter. But is there? Oh, uh, the Sutters are the, the Sutter other brothers, so yeah. Okay, okay. I'm very confused. I'm sorry. Um, but um, I think they're worse off without him. That's kind of a push with Perisay, but.
1: I wonder about like their locker room. Like you would think maybe that would be a big hole, but all at the same time it sounds like there is like a really big rift between s- younger and older players. Yeah. So maybe this is actually. Yeah, I mean batter. this is
0: this needs to be Kaprazov and Eck and uh Greenway and Greenway. Stuff, yeah. This needs to be their team and Spurgeon can be that like younger veteran, you <laughs> and know. Spurgeon can eat it. Yeah. Um and then Marco Rossi hopefully will make the team Matthew Boldy also be a lot of young talent there they could be a really fun team this year they could continue kind of that transition um obviously looking forward to the winter classic against them Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i feel i feel fairly bullish on the minnesota wild how are you feeling about them
1: yeah i mean i think they'll probably maintain what they did last year and i think you make a good point because i was going to say maybe some of the teams will key in on Kaprizov, but if they're playing all these these other what five new teams in the central, four new teams, and then all these other teams out east and everything, uh, and in Canada, you have a lot of new teams that have not seen him yet, or or just this new reinvigorated uh, Minnesota wild. I don't think you can I don't think you can overemphasize how much Caprizov means to that team. like it's not just that he's an amazing player, but I think he just drags the rest of that team into being fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the opposite of an anchor, he's a motor. Um and it just makes it makes the whole team a lot more fun to watch. I'm interested to see how their power play does. Even with Caprizo last year, they were still twenty third last season in the power play. And that's something where if they even improve that marginally, they could be um I don't know, they could be fighting for the Avalanche at least for first or whatever. I think they'll definitely be top three in this this division for sure.
0: Yeah, I think they're uh Obviously, a really good team, and, and be interesting to watch. I don't think that about the Nashville Predators. We should have done this earlier, but the Nashville Predators fall into the category of you need to figure out well, what, what you, it is what, you, what you, it, you it is you do, you do. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say that's a good idea. Dump it. Uh, we, <laughs> we dunked on uh, David Poyle last week, I believe. Yeah, that's his old zombie man. Ago? yeah. Um, but he could be the GM for f- Team USA. Yeah, <laughs> he exactly. should have been. He should have been over Stan Creepy Bowman. Uh, they finished fourth in the Central last season and then lost convincingly to Carolina. They added Philip Myers, Cody Glass, and David Riddich. I like I like the Myer or the Glass pickup for them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they got rid of Pekarene, Ryan Ellis, and Victor arvidson which is not was not a popular move amongst their players they have yet to re-sign philip forsberg um saros was sensational last year so i think he's he's keyed in to be the kind of without the safety net of pecorine um, i hope he's
1: good he's on both of my fantasy teams. there you go
0: uh Will Duchesne and Johansson. No, I really did read that as, like, Will Duchesne, and I was like, but his name's Matt. Um, Will Duchesne and Johansson bounce back? No. No, no, no. They will not. (laughs) No. They
1: said, uh, I didn't realize that it was so bad last year that they were playing Johansson as, like, the top center, and then they put Duchesne as, like, a winger. Yeah, were like,
0: he's, uh, he's been terrible. I mean,
1: remarkably bad. I do... Great job, Joe Sackett. You, th- fantastic.
0: One thing... Yeah, just remarkable. I did think about this earlier. I did a guest appearance on my friend Ethan's podcast. We retweeted it if you want to check that out. But, like, this will be an interesting season only because, like, it's the first year now that we're like i know we're not fully fully back to normal but like pretty much these guys are going to have a regular nhl season Mm -hmm. you know 99 percent vaccinated and all that like it will be interesting to see some of these players that have looked really lousy will be like pandemic effect Mm -hmm. i think it will start to return to normal a little bit um And that will be kind of an interesting story to watch this year. But, like, I don't think it's Matt Duchesne. (laughs) I (laughs) was going to say, that guy wasn't all that great before the pandemic. Right, exactly. Um, Ekholm and Forsberg. Ekholm. uh, Do they need to keep those guys? I mean, they do, I guess, if they want to be relevant. Unless they're going to (sighs) rebuild. And then Ellie Tolvanen is still there trying to... I know, become the so star bad. that he was from. Wasn't he like the number two prospect in hockey at one point? Yeah, like I think he
1: was like behind Mike Eichel
0: or somebody. Super young.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. So I'm. I think the Predators are. They're a couple seasons, at least one season. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a couple seasons away from. Yeah, figuring out exactly who they are. What like they do. yeah, what they do. <laughs> I mean I don't I don't think they're when we look at the misery index, I don't think their pipeline's overly promising. I think it's remittling at best. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. They're they're in that weird spot of like they should really probably sell, you know, at the deadline, just cash in and try and start over, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I just think as long as they keep trying to win with this core, it's not going to happen. I mean, they've already sold off pieces of this core, anyways, with Ellis gone and with uh, with Arvidsson gone. I don't see how this team is a playoff threat in the Central, and I don't see anyone coming to help them. Is what I'm trying to say. So like, you have some, you got a lot of money locked up in some of these guys that just are not playing well, and, and I think, feel like last year they were already talking about how they were gonna blow it up and then they went on like i don't know they won four games in a six game stretch and people were like yeah they're back and i'm like oh no man no 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 no, no. <laughs> how do you look at this team and what they did in like 2017 and the years before and after that and then look at this team and be like yeah i'm pretty sure this team is pretty close to a cup but <laughs> it's like no it's god I don't know. I feel I feel kind of bad if you're like a Nashville fan because I think the writing's on the wall that they're going to have to go through a bit of a bit of a retool at least, yeah, to be relevant again because this team is not doing it for me.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they can get better without getting substantially worse. So um, I will say to close up here, the Winnipeg Jets are probably the most uninteresting team in the central but also like they're gonna be pretty good (laughs)
1: like (laughs) i was gonna say i'm i'm kind of bored of that kind of sneaky but they're gonna yeah they'll beat us they're
0: i bet (laughs) honestly i'll be real honest i bet a lot of people feel now about the jets like they probably felt about the blues for a long time during like the Bacchus era of like i don't know if they're ever going to be good enough to like push into that upper stratosphere of teams but like they're going to be good enough to annoy the crap out of us all year right, right. they added nate schmidt and brendan Dillon, which i both i think are both really good uh additions obviously they've got a lot of questions hinging on pierre Luc dubois who i believe we already mentioned today um but i think their defense is going to look a lot better with those two veterans there uh Nate Schmidt might be the first person in history to be excited to play for the Winnipeg Jets. Um because like he hated why? Vancouver so yeah. much.
1: You hate Vancouver so much yeah. that you're excited to go to a place that has no, no airport.
0: airport. Exactly. Uh we rehearsed that. <laughs> um I think I'm gonna I'm gonna call my shot and say they finished second. Mm. We finish fourth and the wild finished third.
1: I'd agree with that.
0: That feels right to me, but we'll see. Uh, Connor Hellebuck will be the goalie for Team America, Aquatima, <laughs> Hunger Force, uh, one assumes. Um, real quick, real quick, since we ventured tiptoed around the subject, oh, I know yeah, you yeah. and I talked about this earlier today, but these like early roster teases for the uh, Olympics, stop it, guys, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I'm not going to get excited that Austin Matthews was invited to the Team USA uh, yeah, right. Squad, Yeah, wow. Wow, what a daring addition right? that was that's, by Stan Bowen. That's not
1: even they made the team. That's just saying like they made that sh- long shortlist mm-hmm. thing, right, of like 50-something players.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, like oh, no shit. David I mean, Pasternak called up by the Czech Republic. Wow, <laughs> I, I never saw that coming.
1: I know. Some some intern brought them some sort of article and was like, look, if you release things in a slow trickle, <laughs> people are into that again now. People don't love binging anymore. They love the slow trickle. Oh people are
0: all about the slow trickle baby
1: thanks for nothing disney plus that's
0: right i do blame disney plus for everything um but yeah i think i think uh the jets are going to be solid and um yeah i don't know they're going to be a nightmare to play against this season anything you have to say about the jet's
1: uh no I agree with you they're gonna be second they're gonna be a pain in the butt I think if we're talking about like early twenty tens or whatever you call them twenty teens the Jets are the Blues and the Avalanche are the Blackhawks where it's like oh the Blackhawks are the real threat in the Central
0: mm-hmm. but there's
1: always that other pesky team like you were saying and that used to be us and now it's the Jets so you never know uh I'd love to see those two duke it out in a playoff series we'll probably get to see that this year um yeah just change their i don't know Their boring team why because they're in winnipeg is it their logo is it their jerseys they're too dark but don't wear the thirds either because those are those terrible are too, so yeah. like just change something figure out what it is your jersey <laughs> is gonna do figure
0: out what you do uh yeah i agree don't talk don't talk the um, mouth doesn't move. It makes it look cheap.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, folks, go watch Chunky on Netflix. And Ian, you have another recommendation to oh, make. Oh, yeah.
1: You should also watch the, the quote unquote horror movie Malignant on HBO Max. It's also in theaters, apparently, but who fucking does that? Uh, but it's going to be off HBO Max after this Sunday. So you got to watch it. It's spooky season, um, it's crazy. It's a crazy movie. It might be. I mean, it's recency bias. It might be one of my favorite movies. But also, like, a lot of people die in that movie. And kind of, like, sort of gruesomely. And I told my fiancé that this might be one of my favorite movies after we watched it. And she was a little, like... I'll be a little turned off. She was like, "I uh, why would this be one so of that <laughs> yeah. She was like, "Why would this be it?" And I felt like I really dug myself in a hole because I'm pretty sure I started the conversation off with, "It's not the killing. It's not the killing. <laughs> it's it's the tone and it's the I don't know. I don't know if you have watched enough of these, but there's some horror movies where they're like a triple A budget, uh-huh. but like the story is like a B movie yeah but someone gave them a lot of money and real actors and a real script and like real boom mics and real locations and (laughs) everything and they filmed it and it's not bad it's just like it's very it's aware that it's not a triple a movie but it's Mm -hmm. not tongue-in-cheek where it's like winking at you like this isn't a triple a movie get it everyone in there plays it plays it straight everyone in there (laughs) plays it like it's very serious there's no, like, jokes or whatever. Yeah. But the thing itself, the story itself is bonkers. It's nuts. It's one of the craziest things I've seen in a big-budget
0: movie. <laughs> it's... Oh, boy. Okay, now I'm intrigued. Go see it. I gotta gotta figure this out. I'm terrified. Uh, me and Steve, we're gonna talk true. about it after. We're gonna talk about it after. Good, good, good. You can give me all the spoilers. oh yeah. yeah. That you know, it doesn't faze me. So, folks, anything else you want to say to these people? Anything else you want to discuss? Um, Let's check Twitter for the late news. Next next
1: week, when we record next week, the Blues won't have played their first game yet, but the NHL season will have kicked off uh, on Tuesday with like the Maple Leafs against the Canadians. I think it is. Uh huh. Um, so hockey's back. I mean, we're back we're back watching meaningful games in less than a week um remember to set your fantasy rosters on tuesday uh and then i think next week we're planning on just doing like an overall sort of blues preview barring any other any other news just maybe expectations over unders all that good stuff but yeah i'm excited i'm excited to watch real hockey meaningful hockey um, because folks as they'll tell you as they'll tell you about teams that are losing i think normally teams that have not won you know five six games in a row mm-hmm. points in october november matter just as much as points in uh march and april it's always the old that's the old uh, nugget they bring out every year where they're like you know you can't take these games off because two points in november same as two points as april
0: that's right. you gotta That's bank, You got to bank those points. That's right. I am excited. Um, I really can't wait for this season to start. And I know a lot of people are upset that, like, the boys' season doesn't start for, like, five days. But, mm. dude, I'm hyped for whoever. I don't care. I'll watch mm. Toronto and Montreal or whatever the hell they're giving us. Whatever crap they're <laughs> shoving down our feet. Oh, I'll, I'll swallow <laughs> it
1: back to no, back to no back. No
0: coffin, please. Just wet, wet mud. Um... <laughs> I'm excited. The fans are excited and all our sponsors. So, folks, thanks for listening. Um, If you pass by a a basement in Arnold and the light is like, seems to be flickering Morse code, please check it out. Especially if you read Morse code. I don't, but I'm going to be hoping... (laughs) That we're I'm sending correct something. distress signals, so you know, check it out. Give it a give it a good look. Maybe maybe bring a gun or a torch of some kind. Just give it just give it a look see. Because I'm starting to be real freaked out. But you know, hopefully we'll be back next week to give you updates on our status, uh, and uh, we'll talk real soon. Good night.